This is the Kratom Science Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gallagher, blog and social media writer for KratomScience.com. Your source for all things Kratom. Episode 60, we have Mr. Boston. At age 13, he suffered a spinal injury, which led to a regimen of opioids and to addiction. He later developed multiple sclerosis and an autoimmune disorder that he says feels like a chainsaw ripping through his body. After three near-death experiences from opioid overdoses, he found Kratom. This is the anonymous Mr. Boston, and this is his Kratom story. You're Mr. Boston. Are you from Boston? I, I grew up in Boston, yes. Yeah. I live in the countryside now. You had an accident when you were 13. Uh, can you uh, talk about that? An ex-friend of mine pushed me out of a tree, and uh, I landed on a baseball bat, and I, I got a slip disc from it. From there, they started prescribing me uh, Tramadol, and eventually that became Vicodin, and from Vicodin, it went to Percocet. Over the course of, of, of about a year and a half. And then I, I started doing physical therapy on top of that. And eventually uh, a friend of mine told me about Kratom. So so you were, you were prescribed opiates like from the time you were 13? Yep, and onwards up until the opiate crisis. So, and uh, you you said you also work carpentry, um, and uh, you said you were a soldier as well. And, Correct. And, and so that's that sounds like work that's you know tough on your body. Is that did that exacerbate uh, the situation? I, I believe that uh, pain is a, a question of willpower. It's not how much can you take. It's more along the lines of when will you break. The, all the injuries and all the pain, it, it kind of, did that lead, does that lead to the autoimmune disease that you have now? And and do you want to talk about that? Like what, what it I is exactly? What, science does not really know what causes it. Yeah. Um, I believe it has to do with electromagnetic radiation, you know, like EMF frequencies. Um But it's uh, MOG, progressive multiple sclerosis. And as I stated in my, I, I think it might not have been an email to you, um, that it feels like a chainsaw that never shuts off from my tailbone to the back of my head here. And I, I got a... Um, I go through uh, getting the infusion to destroy my immune system every every six months, um, and it's like being hooked up to a machine that, that pumps some kind of uh, immunosuppressant drug in it. I don't know how to pronounce the name of, of the uh, specific. Yeah, used you- it on cancer and chemotherapy patients usually. Yeah, uh, and and you said yeah, you said you told me in an email that it, 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 it's like every night you you just survived a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. When were you diagnosed with that? Se- seven years ago. And now, and so you're you're taking uh, I 
assume yeah you were prescribed opiates for that um well no actually okay they, they they didn't prescribe anything. They gave me. It started with me going blind in, in one eye. Oh wow! Um, optic neuritis is what they call it, and basically I could just see only white light out of my left eye for a time, and um, I ended up using some some Russian medicine, which is a synthetic antioxidant, and it brought my vision back to me. Because over there, their medicine is not for profit. It's paid for by the state. You must have got to hold that, like, on the web or something like that? Off of the internet. Which is what a lot of people do. They get stuff from Canada and go down to Mexico and get shit because you can't get anything here or it's much more expensive. It's, It's rather difficult, like, the way our society has made it to procure medicine when you really need it. And I feel like um, I, I have this here with me. It's like, it's like, um, it's Kratom Tea. And it's from a company that, that does it from plants that are grown by farmers in Indonesia. Yeah. But I feel like it's nowhere near as potent than kratom that comes from the forest because the older the tree the stronger the presence of alkaloids in it yeah that makes sense it's it's like that it's like that with uh like wine grapes too like the best wine comes from france i mean a lot of people think and but it's mainly because the vines are so old and they have the best shit in them probably the same thing with kratom it, it it definitely is the case that the alkaloids are stronger, but I I would argue kratom is is closer to coffee than it is opium. Yeah, because it it doesn't it doesn't have this like like it may it may alleviate the symptoms of detoxing, but like to get high off of it in that manner. You would you would have to eat uh, a, a disgusting amount of kratom, like an ounce, to yeah. get that kind of feeling. I find when I when I take like this tea, it's very weak, so, and it says it's uh and it's measured by a chemist, but um it says two percent metragenine, one percent hydroxymetragenine, and I feel like I need four four of the the tea packages to get my pain to a manageable place, and I feel like uh, there's so much stigma. Uh, doctors connotate for anyone who is asking for pain medication, and the FDA of Massachusetts has uh, gone as far as to say they, they don't care if somebody's dying of cancer. Uh, they, they still will not give them opiates. Yeah, so you were you were cut off. I mean, you clearly have chronic pain issues. And, and you were just... How long ago did this happen where they just cut you off of uh, any pain medication? Right at the beginning of the opiate crisis. Like when they declared it, 
Okay. I, I actually knew one of one of the first doctors to 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 go down, and um, he was like a a a dental surgeon mm-hmm. of some kind. And uh, he he lost his license um, because one of the patients was was selling the oxycontin that he was prescribing, unaware that he was. He still uh, got in trouble and lost his license. Yeah. And so doctors are afraid to lose what their lives' work is. Mm-hmm. So there's this fear of it, and. Uh, there's there's a, a famous case in the Soviet Union of uh, a, a nuclear general, a, a general of Russia's nuclear arsenal, dying of leukemia, and he was he was begging for pain medication, and nobody nobody would help him, and the state wouldn't help him, and and so that's where Russian roulette comes from, you know, like. Sad, but but true. Wow, and so I mean, is it was it like you know one day you showed up uh, to get your prescription and you couldn't, or or did the doctor tell you no, I can't give you these anymore, or did they accuse you of being drug seeking? They they um, they ostracized me for using medical marijuana. That's such a terrible thing. I, I feel like medical marijuana is nothing but a muscle relaxer. To, to each person, like, there's different chemistry going on inside them. So some people can be made psychotic from smoking weed, and I realize that is a possibility of anyone who smokes weed, and especially later in life. But I find Kratom to be so much safer than marijuana. The marijuana messes with how you're thinking and the thoughts that come into your head where I would argue Kratom really, really doesn't inebriate you in such a way. It's, I view yeah. it as like take, taking some Advil, but Advil turns out to be very terrible for you. It causes cancer. So you said, so they, they stopped giving you uh, anything for pain and you said you wanted, you just started to buy, you know, painkiller drugs off the street like a lot of people had to do is that is that, that accurate that turned out to be very very expensive mm-hmm. and eventually I, I i couldn't couldn't afford it and i met met someone in the street and he goes oh i got something better for you you sniff this it's like it's like crushed up percocet i believed him like a fool but it it, it was it was fentanyl Oh wow! I, I got I got hooked on heroin and fentanyl for about two years, and kicking it like I I always knew it was a bad thing. I knew it has the possibility of killing you, and which it did. It killed me three times uh, during my life. Uh, one time from from heroin one time from fentanyl and the other one was car fentanyl and my longest time being dead was 20 minutes i right. supposed to be playing dead at that point you know yeah i i definitely wanted to get in that so i mean like what was that like 
I mean, did you just were you just out and then you came back, or did you? I was dead and they, they used a defibrillator on me to bring me back yeah. to life with Narcan and Narcan. Did you <laughs> did you see anything like when you're going through the dying process, or it's like getting like like. It's like your vision's so wide, and then it just like shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and shrinks, and then it gets black, and like your respiration slow to like six a minute. That's around the time when you lose consciousness. Wow. And then after that was just like being knocked out, and you came back. You, you hear all these things about near death experiences, but it sounds like you, you know. know. I've had I've had uh, a couple of them. You see. Um, yeah. Like 20, 20 minutes uh, I experienced something that seemed like something out of the Egyptian book of the dead really wow I mean so what was that like what was that like exactly I mean that's probably hard to describe like there's hieroglyphs and it was just like a pathway with hieroglyphs all over the walls and on the ceilings and it went down and there was so much light coming from the other end of the hallway but before I got to the hallway, like Osiris, like ripped my heart out of my chest and put it on a scale. To, and he weighed it against my deeds to see how balanced I was as a person. That's pretty. That's pretty intense. So, what was the verdict? <laughs> that it's not my time. Yeah. Yet to fulfill whatever our Creator wants of me. My brother uh, hung himself about 10 years ago. Wow. And do, do, you, do you know what the definition of uh, multiple sclerosis means? No. It translates to this, with many scars. Wow. Because the scars are inside my spine and in my brain but it's like a kind of like a plaque but it, it, it's it happens when the neural lining of your nervous system is damaged um i think they're making leaps and bounds with uh mushroom therapy and things like that things yeah. that stimulate the reproduction of neurons in the brain ketamine kind of just tries to rewire the brain mm -hmm. to make everything in balance so to speak and i've i've had uh i i do that sometimes uh maybe once a month and it it doesn't do much for pain it does it does wonders for pain on the day you take it mm -hmm. but you know what like having an effect for like a month or something like that it just doesn't exist so mm -hmm. i end up taking kratom in between so, how did you hear about Kratom? Do you remember that? Uh, my best friend uh, at the time, uh, when back in high school, hmm. knew about it. And he lives in California now. Um, he became a compound pharmacist, but he was always interested in, in botanical plant things. And, you know, after a hard day working carpentry, Kratom helps, you know, you unwind a bit. 
depending on the strain. Like, for example, like, uh, I think it's, it's Thai for pimp's grade, but Mang Da mm -hmm. is, is um, a morning thing. You know, I wouldn't take that at night because it will keep you up all night. I wouldn't recommend taking... Yeah, it's pretty speedy. ...in the afternoon either. Mm -hmm. there, there are things you can do to potentiate Kratom, such as, you know... such as um, grapefruit juice. Uh, it inhibits the enzyme that metabolizes Kratom, meaning it, it will help it last longer and it will help it be more effective at crossing the blood-brain barrier. Yeah. In that sense, I, I do know hydroxymetragenine uh, light, lights up the entire neural network of opiates. So Kratom might not be for everyone. It may like reinvigorate someone's cravings. But for for the most part, it's I find I think it's very hard to overdose on it unless you're doing something stupid. You know what I mean? If you're if you're separating the drugs and you're just looking for that one alkaloid, that specific one that I was just talking about then that becomes a harder drug than just eating the plants. And it's kind of like, I think it's kind of like water intoxication where, you know, you can OD on water, but it doesn't happen often unless you do something really stupid. Uh, and I think there Magic have been... Water will definitely kill you. Yeah. There, there might have been, like, one my tragedy and overdose because the kid, I think, like, just drank a whole bunch of my tragedy and isolate extract or something, which Boy, would have... I understand there was something else in that. It doesn't, it doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, I mean, they, they, scientists have had a hard time killing mice with, uh, my tragedy. Right. I mean, it, there was even a study from, like, 1972 where they gave this mouse, like, 900 kilo, uh, milliliters per kilogram which is an insane amount of my tragedy you couldn't even get that with like three kilos or so, something like that it's crazy and it, it no toxic effects reported it on this little mouse that got shot up with it like when you when you're <laughs> isolating it right mm -hmm. it's it's more potent because it's it's times 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 how many times did you extract it and if you think about heroin, heroin is extracted, you know, tw 28 times. And for, for fentanyl, that's just synthesized in a lab. So it's the same kind of process. There's probably a lot more steps than 28 for doing something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I love how, how the government claims to be worried about an opiate pandemic when drugs flow from every, every border. There is, and they don't. They don't do much of anything about that, especially in cities. Cities are, are very dangerous places because you know, like everyone wants to wants to be their own doctor because they feel like the medical community has has pretty much forsaken them, exactly, and given up on them. Mm -hmm. You know, if if they took the the profit out of Healthcare, 
took away medical lobbyists and things like that, I, I think things would be a lot better. I think the the war on drugs has been nothing but a waste of taxpayer money. Absolutely. I used to buy my fentanyl from a DEA agent. Yeah, that's nuts. Ain't <laughs> that some crazy shit? So, do you? How much kratom do you have to use to to cut down on that pain? And does it eliminate it completely, or is it just let you deal with, you know, your day? It helps me to to just deal with my day. It's it's I, I don't really get any kind of high or or feeling of of like itchiness. Like you know how opiates tend to make you like itch, and uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't make you feel like that. When when you're playing with an extract, it's a whole nother ball game. Um, and, and I I don't I don't view this as something that really needs to be regulated at all. In fact, you know, we have the biggest gray zone in the drug laws is analogs and synthetics. For example, uh, research chemicals are what I'm talking about. That's a very gray area in the law, and yet they, they let it continue. You can, you can order drugs made in China over the internet and they'll ship it right to your door that's the state of affairs of our country it's just like it seems to me that that they want a piece of the pie when it comes to kratom and they're not getting any so that's why they want to regulate it I don't think they give a shit about the guy who, who died from something that was, was probably cut, cut with something different than than kratom it had to be like kratom and and you know like pain pills or who knows what you know you know what i was doing in afghanistan i was guarding monsanto opium poppy fields you went to afghanistan yeah yeah okay that's part of, see that's part of your whole story so like you was it uh what branch of the military were you in the marine corps oh okay. awesome but uh yeah so they were was that literally what you were doing i mean i know that was basically i know that's one of the policies is anybody that with any curiosity understands that's what's going that went on it's 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 gonna continue i mean if you think about it uh, biden says we're getting out that means the the private pmc is stepping up you know what i mean by pmc no what does that mean Private military company like uh, Blackwater and all them guys like that. That's it's, that's a that's a uh, Swiss company actually. The whole thing you said about regulation is yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense that a thing that you can grow in Florida and pick off a Wild tree yeah. should be regulated any, any more than like lettuce or any other kind of food. However, there's there's companies Wild, that Wild lettuce has two names opium lettuce it's like a latex opiate yeah i have it in my yard and i just looked that up so i'm like you see my lawn it's like everything's cut except for all the wild lettuce because i'm letting it grow a little bit more and then i'm gonna do the whole thing where i uh put it in a pot and try to try to extract it make it, make it into a tincture yeah yeah 
I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because it's like if uh, we were here and, and like, Indonesians discovered that oak leaves killed their pain or something, and we, we were all, like, taking oak leaves off the trees and shipping it to in Indonesia. It, it, it's, it's not really known about that people th thought they were synthesizing something over here, but they ended up inventing something that exists naturally as well. Isn't that interesting? What do you mean? What do you mean? S synthesizing what? Trauma doll. Oh, okay. There's a, a plant in Africa that produces the same compound. Oh, wow. I never heard about that. What's the difference between isn't tramadol just a derivative of uh, like the opium poppy or is it is this different? No, it's a synthetic opiate. Okay, it's weaker than Vicodin, but uh, stronger than codeine. It shouldn't be regular, but the whole thing is like I don't know what I'm getting in my kratom. Is some is some farmer gonna cut it with a bunch of cabbage and it's gonna be shit? And is somebody gonna throw fentanyl in it because they want to make it stronger? Or well, yeah, yeah, that's to, the that's the argument for regulation. I would I would say so. You know what you're getting. I, I do not believe that any any farmer. I, I haven't heard of anything like that. Um, sometimes people yeah. sell kratoms that that are weaker than other kratoms. And it leads people to think they got a fake kratom, but it, it is definitely not the case. Like the the gold vein kratoms tend to be weaker than the red veins. The yeah. red vein kratom is is like um, it can be it can come from all over the place, but um, it tends to be more of the opiate one, whereas the mangda is more of the the stimulant one. And I would wager you could probably treat someone's ADD with, with Kratom, like low-dose Kratom. It has a plethora of uses, really. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, there's definitely been studies on on ADD treatment, and, and I understand it, because it definitely gives you focus, like Adderall, like Adderall gives to little kids when they give it to them. It definitely gives you focus. You don't, you don't have to tell me, because I was like the poster child for Ritalin. They oh, yeah. On, uh, like, um... It was like 110 milligrams, but before before I turned nine years old, Adderall is is um, a molecule away from being crystal meth. Yeah, there's like I'm I'm even though I didn't go to college for that, I'm I'm pretty smart about chemistry. Like, how much kratom do you take on an average day? Usually, I I take it once a day. I make a, a cup of tea, and that's that's about it. You know. Um, it's, it's water extraction. Most people that's what I uh, do the drop and wash. And what, what I mean by that is like they put some like juice in their mouth and they'll take a teaspoon or a tablespoon of kratom and put it in their mouth and then just like dump water or juice on top of it, something flavored to block it up. But digesting plant material is not something the body was really built for like breaking down powder similar to sand i would say i think like the opioid effect makes you constipated but having a a tablespoon of cement in your <laughs> intestinal tract is probably not a good idea so, so i do tea as well however it, it can't be much worse than you know eating red meat 
and you yeah so you only take that's that's yeah that's not that much that kind of shows how much it works and and do you do you ever have any side effects or anything with kratom it's their own like these it says here they're about it's the same tea from the guy who's on hamilton's pharmacopoeia yeah and it takes literally it takes like four or five bags a day yeah and each have about three grams those are the three gram ones yeah i usually take five grams but not every day like a couple days a week but i needed six of that 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 makes sense because it's 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 not the same quality as you get from jungle kratom because the jungle kratom has stronger alkaloids and it has so many different properties uh kratom does antibacterial antimicrobial properties to it yeah antioxidant too because it's 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 just basically eating it's as healthy as uh, taking like uh you know green vegetables or whatever yeah it's like eating a salad correct yeah so there's that i mean you can get it from other other healthy foods but that exists in it as well you take kratom every day sometimes yeah not 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 like week after week like sometimes i'll uh, I go out drinking, and on those days that I go out drinking, I, I don't, uh, I don't take kratom those days. Same, <laughs> I do. I back, I go back and forth, and I try to drink less and do kratom more, but whatever. So, uh, synergistic effect between, you know, like splicing things together, such as alcohol, and and perhaps the person who died probably mixed alcohol with kratom in copious amounts. I don't know. Yeah. I did not see the uh, toxicology on that. Did you go through a process where you weaned off opiates and got on kratom, or were you just cut off of them cold turkey and then you so started? Taking- I went. And I did. I tried suboxone. That didn't work. I kept on cheating. I tried methadone. That didn't work. I kept on cheating. Finally. Like, I was trying to quit all of the things at that point. Mm. And that's when I turned to Kratom. And the it, it literally obliterates the withdrawal symptoms. And, and it, 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 takes, it takes the cravings out. It takes withdrawals out. If you stop Kratom, do you have any kind of withdrawals? And are they at all similar to, like, opiate withdrawals? No, they're nothing like opiate withdrawals. Mm. I would compare it to, you know, like... At most I've ever experienced is having, like, a a leg where I just, like, keep moving it. You know, like, restless leg syndrome. Yeah. But that usually goes away within a day or two. It's not, like, a week-long process, like quitting um, something like heroin or fentanyl. However, I've had worse problems and withdrawals from, you know, the Rockefeller, oh, you're sick with an opiate sickness, I've got a cure for you. Like Suboxone, the sickness from Suboxone okay. can last a month. The sickness from, from uh, methadone can last a week and a half, perhaps. You yeah. feel a lot of depression because it affects your brain in, in such a way that, that damages your dopamine production. Like, you know, dopamine is the reward center of yeah. the brain. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel like, again, like no no one is gonna find it pleasurable to to eat something like sand and perhaps like doing it the way this company did would be more appealing. Again, you, you need you need so much of it, and like I wish bags. they offered something that was five times stronger than what what their baseline is. They just legalize it in Thailand, and I'm interested in getting a hold of some like old growth Thai kratom because they say that my tragedy there is an old there is an old growth Thai kratom because they cut it all down. Yeah, but there there were still some left. I think. Places. There's a couple of places where they grow it for the government. And they have a, an interesting legal system under the monarchy that they have there. Malaysia's military, like, like, all of them use Kratom. And over there, they just chew it. They don't, they don't, chew the like, leaves. They don't make tea out of it. They just chew on it. And it's like a pick-me-up, like... Like cocoa, cocoa leaves. If you, if you think about, like, a... Chemical process. Those probably those people are, are much like the people who farm coca leaves in yeah, Colombia. Exactly. They just eat it for energy, and they still use cocaine to flavor Coca Cola. By the way, most <laughs> people don't realize that, but it's true. You can have decarboxylated THC, and that will still get you high. So maybe maybe there's a there's a reason why kids are addicted to Coca Cola so much. You know what I mean? You you're, you're saying they're still putting cocaine in co- Coca Cola? I don't. Wouldn't they have been caught by now though if they did that? I don't know. No, no, no. They 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 quote unquote strip the the things that mess you up out of it. Yeah, sugar is uh, sugar is addictive enough on its own. <laughs> sugar fires up the same neurotransmitters that cocaine does, though. Mm-hmm. Do you know what else does that? Uh, social media also lights up the reward centers just like cocaine Definitely. does. Definitely. Yeah, dopamine. You know, you're and on your phone, a, you're on YouTube. A of stigma for for someone to come out and, you know, really, like, tell grit and bear their story to the world, you know. And, and it takes a certain kind of person to be able to, to be able to lay out all their cards face up on the table and be like, here, this is what I'm fucking dealing with. Look at it. You know what I mean? Not everybody likes to do that shit. Yeah, yeah. So, how have you ever... This is one of my standard questions I have asked everybody. Have you ever had a doctor that you could talk to about your creative muse? I, I did um, some years back when, when he cut me off. And I discussed it with him, uh, and he goes, "I I can't prescribe you uh, pain medication anymore. Why don't you seek out treatment?" And so I I I looked into that, and then I said to him, "How about this? You don't have to prescribe this. What do you think about this? This is a natural pain medication that that may be deemed helpful in the future." And he goes. Uh, well, if it works for you and I, I don't have to get in trouble over it, and you can they keep it your business. I just don't. I don't want to know about it. Yeah. That's what said to me. 
now they got all this pressure from the DEA that they're going to lose their licenses over prescribing shit. And and I had a doctor on here who was just an outspoken like pain medication advocate, and that that's why they took his shit away because they focus on him. He he prescribed his name's uh, Doctor Klein. He prescribed like one thing of Percocets or something to a guy who ended up selling a few of them or something and then they did a whole sting on him because he was a pain patient advocate gonna are, they're are trying to force the war a, on drugs a Jewish doctor he went by the name of, he's no longer with us but uh, his name was Dr. Rosenbaum I think he was one of the first doctors to lose his licenses okay he had this lady from Nantucket who used to rub her head on the floor because she'd get cluster headaches. And he would prescribe her uh, 80 milligram Oxycontin. And eventually uh, she started selling them. And it was only when she ended up killing herself from the depression caused by the opiates that the husband went after the person prescribing them. And that, that's what kicked off the whole uh, opiate crisis, I believe. On my Twitter, I definitely, like, follow pain patient advocates so they can get their opioids. And then there's a lot of Kratom people say, well, you, well, the Kratom's safer, so you shouldn't, and Kratom's better. But I'm like, but that shit works for most people. Pain medication, again, it would work if, if, they, if they just did it up on a, on a patient basis like uh, engaging each situation individually like we used to have doctors that were much closer to the patients and through HMOs and you know all of that they, they've hollowed out what used to be good with with our country's medicine you know like uh, you go to a primary care doctor they'll only spend 5 10 15 minutes with you and on to the next one you know? Yeah, really. I grew I grew up with a with a with a family doctor as a kid, and I remember they used to you get a cold, they prescribe you codeine, cough syrup. Mm-hmm. You don't see shit like that anymore. I got a story for you. Go ahead. All right, a freighter filled up with uh, fifteen tons of cocaine gets busted in the Gulf. It's owned by somebody, somebody big. Somebody you wouldn't expect. And because of the fact he's uh, so, so deep in the system, he gets to keep half the coke that's on the ship. Oh, Jamie man. Jamie Diamond. Who? Jamie Diamond. J.P. Morgan Chase, C.E. Uh, let's say allegedly so none of us get sued. No other society on, on the planet values drugs as much as we as Americans do. Yeah. Like you go to Russia... And like, I, I went there uh, in 2019. I was in a, a Greek restaurant. And they, they smoke in, in the restaurants uh, if they're outside. It kind of reminds me of like America a, a while ago. They had these parliament cigarettes. I made, made a joke like about like sniffing it like, like it, you know, like back in the day, in the 80s, they used to, they used to have like anyone smoking parliaments because it was the the cigarette like where people would take bumps 
P-funk. And he tried to smoke the cigarette. Like, the guy's like, what is he talking about? Because he, he didn't speak any English. So he tries to smoke the cigarette through his nose. And it's fucking hilarious. I, I was laughing right in his face. His friends were <laughs> laughing at him. It was pretty funny. In St. Petersburg, it's like it's like the, the Paris of Russia. And, like, you can fit, like, four Americas inside of Russia. And the population is half of ours. A lot of vodka drinking over there. I mean, compared to compared to the United States, do they do as many multiple yeah. drugs? I mean, I know they drink vodka. No, no, they don't. Yeah, and their weed is is is, is not good at all. In fact, <laughs> it is it is from GMO opium mixed with uh, keef. Then the and the Pakistanis like hate hate. They utterly hate the Russians. Because the, who's a big party of uh, Pakistan? Oh, the Taliban. That's right. But they have it so much worse there. If they didn't have like the the, the draconian style way of dealing with drugs, I don't I don't think there'd be such a big problem with things like. Uh, have you ever heard of a crocodile, which just means crocodile? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing melts melts the flesh off of the bone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's why another K drug that started be a K substance, I should say, that started to become popular at the same time as bath salts and that crocodile and K two spice. Kind of like what it is. It's uh, known as desomorphine because it, it's desolating on human cells. It, that doesn't seem like a fun drug. I could not imagine it to be fun at all. But like again. Like, imagine, like, the, those people who are that desperate uh, have to be dealing with some kind of pain that is being not well treated by the government. And over there, you can buy uh, codeine over the counter. Yeah. And what they do is called contrapin. I, I feel like I feel like Kratom barely smooths over the pain at all. I mean, to to conquer the pain entirely would, for me, would take about four milligrams of of dilaudid. Mm -hmm. Not want that Opium. kind of uh, addiction. So I, I make tea. Thank you so much for coming on, Mr. Boston. The music is risey. The song is called "Memories of Thailand." Check us out on Twitter at Kratom Science, Facebook.com slash Kratom Science. The Kratom Science Podcast is written and produced by me, Brian Gallagher, for KratomScience.com. Take care. <laughs>